Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. My guys in the desert, Danielle Avari here for Matt Humans today. And I uh, got a great cast with me as well at the VSIN studio here at the South Point Sportsbook. We have Aaron Rinning here and Amal Shaw. It's going to be a very fun show. And we have more NBA playoffs going on. Three game threes tonight. Let's start with Knicks and Hawks. The Hawks are four and a half point favorites here. Total sitting around 211. That one's at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. On Wednesday in game two, the Knicks rally back from a double digit deficit to beat the Hawks 101 to 92. Derek Rose. Had to carry the Knicks offense. They were definitely struggling. Rose finished with 26 points. Series tied up here at one game each. Only series tonight that is that way. Which side do you like more for tonight, Aaron? Uh, I really don't have an opinion. This is a series that I kind of approached uh, as far as I thought the intangibles were with the New York Knicks. I thought Atlanta's had the better team. We've seen it play out to that extent. Uh, so far in the series, uh, Atlanta has led by eight after the first quarter of game one. They've led by seven um, in the first quarter after game two or vice versa, however uh, it exactly was. And you can see their starting lineup. Their players are probably a little bit better. I thought uh, the head coach for the Knicks, uh, Thebes, uh, Tibbs, has done a really good job mixing, matching, finding the right combinations to make this a contest. It was enough to win the game. So I think that's the best way to approach this. If you like Atlanta, maybe you want to bet the first quarter. If you like the Knicks, maybe you want to wait to get maybe a better number in game. It seems like it would be Atlanta's game. But 
I'm concerned. You know, we saw how great the fans were, most of them, yeah. uh, in New York. <laughs> uh, but in uh, in Atlanta, I think you're gonna. It's gonna be 50-50 crowd. I think at least. I think you're gonna have a lot of Knicks fans down there. So I'm not sure what kind of uh, home energy here is gonna be for the Atlanta Hawks. Hopefully no spitting or popcorn in this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad they banned those fans for life. They should do that. It's just ridiculous. But getting back to this matchup, to mm -hmm. me, I like the Hawks in this spot. To Aaron's point, Atlanta's gotten off to fast starts so far in this one, Danielle, in the first two games. I would expect them to be able to do the same. I really believe Atlanta's going to win game three. Knicks are going to win game four. And this is going to come down to three games. I thought this could be a potential seven-game series. I give the Knicks the edge. I'm going to still stay with that. The number four and a half seems a little bit high for me to lay in this spot. But I feel like if you look at the entirety of this series, Atlanta's probably been the better team for five of the eight quarters. You can even make the argument maybe a uh, little bit even longer than that. So give Atlanta the edge here at home tonight in this matchup, but I'm not going to touch this game. I think there's a couple of better plays available in the NBA tonight. Maybe you'll touch this next game, the Nets and the Celtics. Celtics are the dog here, eight-point dog, actually. The Nets won the first two games at home. They were eight-and-a-half and, and nine-point favorites, and they covered both times. Both of their wins have been by at least 11 points, so obviously leading the series two to zero. Which side do you like here, Aaron? Uh, I played the spot last night with the Miami Heat, and mm. boy, that was an awful spot. And <laughs> Boston's in a similar position, although you are getting eight points in this game. But uh, I just haven't seen anything from Boston that makes me want to – uh, jump on and try to go against this Nets. The Nets have looked uh, outstanding. I mean, there was a four-quarter stretch from the second half of game one to the second half of game two where they outscored by 40 points, 127 to 87. Uh, Miami was a team that uh, the, the Miami Heat just wasn't right. They could not get there all season long. Boston has kind of been the same way, so I'm just not sure – uh, that they will have that extra energy here to, to try to beat the Nets here to, um, to get over the hump against the Nets tonight. You know, on paper, this line doesn't make sense to me. We saw Brooklyn was a nine-and-a-half point favorite at home. Now, all of a sudden, they're an eight-point favorite on the road. You would think to take Boston, but to Aaron's point, there's not been much out of Boston that gives you confidence in taking them in this particular spot. Again, this is going to be a stay away, but if I were to play this game, I would look at the C's at home. I just think sometimes you get a little bit of momentum, and really, you're going to be able to get an idea of this game fairly quickly. I think Boston comes out in the first half. I thought game two with Brooklyn at home, bouncing back after a poor performance in the first half against Boston in game one in Philadelphia in game two at home were good bets. And if you're looking at this one, Boston catching four, four and a half in the first half, Danielle, is a play I would consider because I think if they're going to be in this game, as Aaron alluded to, they've struggled over the last four quarters going back to the uh, last game, uh, first half of the last game and the second half of the previous game. They've really been in trouble. They've got to come out strong in this one. Well, to Aaron's point, I do trust the Celtics a little bit more than the Heat right now, but not uh, not even with eight points. I still think the Nets are going to cover this. Last game, Clippers and Mavs. The Clippers are a three-point favorite. Aaron, do you have a side you like here? Uh, I do. Uh, you know, the Clippers, this is it. This is, you know, you've, in, in theory, you have the better team. They're down 0-2. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to lay much for points. It is up to three now, two and a half, three uh, are out there, but this is it. See you know, if the the Clippers can, uh, I guess, what is it, talk the walk, walk the talk, see if they can uh, get there tonight. Amal, any thoughts? I like the Clippers here. I took them on the money line at 155. I didn't mm -hmm. want to lay the two to three. I didn't want to get beat on a backdoor three-point useless shot at the end of the game. Right. I still think the Clippers do cover this number. All right. More coming up right here on My Guys in the Desert.
Welcome in to My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Alvari here in for Matt Eumanns, who's been subbing for another show this morning at the VEASAN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with a great lineup here with me, Amal Shaw and Aaron Renning. More to come up in guests as well. We're going to have Doug Kazarian from ESPN in just a few short moments. And Chris Andrews from the South Point Sportsbook will join us at the top of the next hour. Let's not waste any time. Let's get into this Bucks heat. Can I call it a game? It was really rough to watch here. The Bucks beat the Heat 113 to 84, giving them the worst home playoff loss in franchise history. The game, the Heat have been outscored by 63 points over their last two games. Their worst in any two-game span in postseason history. Aaron, what did you think of this game? Uh, not much, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, had a, uh, some bets on Miami last night. And generally, if you play the percentages, if you play that spot throughout the entirety of the NBA playoffs going back year after year, you're generally going to make money. Last night, you lost a lot of money on it. And, you know, it, it was just disturbing because, of course, Miami beat uh, the Bucks last year and they went to the NBA Finals. So you would think they would have some sort of pride. It just wasn't there. I've never, you know, for an NBA team to miss so many easy shots and you know give credit for the Bucks and their defense but and then you know being embarrassed in Milwaukee in that last game you just don't generally see that in the NBA maybe from an eight seed but uh, not from a well-coached team a, a team of the caliber of the heat but we saw it last night yeah I think this team is in serious trouble obviously and I don't mean from a serious <clears throat> excuse me serious perspective but are they going to come out and compete? At some point in time, either you're going to or you're not. And I don't know if Miami wants to get back on a plane to fly to Milwaukee two and a half hours each way to get trashed <laughs> in game number five. I'd rather just stay in South Florida, make sure I don't tear an ACL in game five, and get ready for vacation. Uh, yeah, Danielle and uh, Amal. So games, uh, game four is when yes. a team is uh, down 0-3 uh, in the series. History does not uh, bode well. I almost feel like coming back and betting uh, the Milwaukee Bucks in this game because you're right. And, you know, Amal, you think about this. Of course, Miami uh, went deep. Remember, they played in October yeah. uh, last year. Uh, so to think that, you know, have any chance and then, like I say, want to continue the, um, the series the way they looked the other night. Uh, but going back – 20 years, Danielle, a long time in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. In game fours, when a team is down 0 3, 23 and 50 straight up, wow. and 29 and 41 against the spread. So it doesn't bode well for the Heat. Uh, what tomorrow? I know something that Amal mentioned about last season, or Aaron did as well. The he played a lot better against this Bucks team. It's obviously not the same team we're seeing here. And Jimmy Butler mentioned that the Heat did better in that bubble format. Do you think that because they're not in that format, it's affecting them more? I mean, there was something about that. Obviously, they they you know they caught some sort of lightning in a bottle. I was happy. I bet them uh, to win the East. <laughs> Uh, last year, but something again, it's just weird that something was amiss with this team and you always waited for them to kind of turn the corner. They just never really did. Couldn't figure it out offensively or defensively, but you know, some of the old players, including Jimmy Butler, but mm -hmm. Ariza, uh, Iguodala, they looked old, mm -hmm. um, you know, the center. Uh, Adebayo just never looked uh, kind of the same player he was. Obviously, Tyler Hero as well. So just, you know, just wasn't the same team for sure. I, I also thought last year the one part that Miami had an advantage over everyone else was you're in that humidity, and they were used to it. in Or You know, in Miami and Orlando, it's very humid if you've ever lived down there. I thought it was a little bit of an edge for them down there. And this team, look, Jimmy Butler, I love him because he competes as hard as any player in the league, but they just don't have the talent. I think some of the talent that the Heat have is a bit overrated. You know, I don't think it's quite as good as maybe people think it is. And give Milwaukee credit. You know, this is a team that was in a tight dogfight in game number one. Last eight quarters, they have been thoroughly dominant. 
Yeah, well, right. you had the right word, edge. They had that edge last year, just uh, completely vacant uh, this season. All right, let's bring in somebody who's definitely not overrated, ESPN sport betting analyst Doug Kazarian. Doug, thanks so much for joining us on this Friday. That's debatable. The debatable about the overrated part. We'll see. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see after this segment. Let's start with the Knicks and the Hawks. <laughs> We just talked about this at the top of the hour. Hawks are four and a half point favorite total sitting around 211. The Knicks did rally back from that double digit deficit uh, to win tied up at one to one here. What are your thoughts on this series so far? I like the Hawks and it's for various reasons, but I think this Knicks team, look, they've been a great story all season, the best ATS, especially in the first half. They've been ridiculous, but I really think sort of their competitive edge is their competitive toughness and their effort and all these things that, frankly, we don't see from every team in the regular season. It's a much more pronounced competitive advantage, but I think that's sort of minimized when you get to the playoffs and other teams are going all in because of the nature of the postseason. So guys are going to play more minutes, although McMillan kind of botched it in game two. But for the most part, just the effort and the advantage, that's their sort of like signature. It's just not as pronounced, kind of like those Spurs teams after they peaked, sort of what they did in the regular season, just kept grinding out a lot of wins and covers. I just think it's a leveler playing field. The Hawks also have not been that um, healthy all season. So finally, and, and last offseason, they wanted, they went all in on analytics, surrounded Trey Young with shooters. Well, a lot of those shooters weren't healthy, and then especially defensively with Hunter. So I, I just feel like the Hawks, since the coaching change and since guys have gotten healthier, they are much better than their record would indicate. And so I'm on the Hawks here. That's good, Doug. Good to uh, good to hear that. I, you know, I do believe Atlanta is the more talented team, the better team. We'll see if they can win out is a series. But it looks to me like it's going to go to seven. Uh, and I have to go to the other game, uh, the other big game here tonight, Clippers-Mavericks, Doug. Uh, will this game go seven? Will this game go five? Uh, how are you approaching uh, the Clippers minus two and a half, three tonight uh, over the Dallas Mavericks. I just can't pull the tri- trigger before the game. I-, I think this Clippers team is pretty weak mentally, and I just think it could be one of those things where they just don't have the the matchup in their favor. Uh, they, the, the forget what happened the last two games in the regular season, the Mavs won more than they lost against. They kind of won the regular season series. Now that's not always indicative, but what the Clippers were doing the regular season is kind of nullified in terms of their shooting. Like, they're not playing Kennard. Rondo came, so he obviously you drop off him when the ball's swinging around the perimeter, and Morris has been terrible. So, frankly, who do you trust hitting open shots? Because the Clippers haven't been completely smoked. I mean, they had a lead, what was it, three or four points in game one in the fourth quarter, and I believe they uh, were within striking distance about down one or two in the fourth uh, in game two. So it's not like they've been just kind of completely dominated, but Kawhi and TJ had pretty solid games in game two. I, I just think it's if their defense can't figure out how to defend Luka and it's, and it's guys on the Mavericks just getting wide open threes, maybe the 50% shooting won't maintain from behind the arc, but it's going to be pretty close if they can't stop the uh, pick and roll. I, I just think the, the pieces don't exactly fit well if they're not going to play a Baca many minutes and they're not going to play Kennard. Like, I just don't get how the team that was so good shooting the three during the regular season expect that to continue here in the postseason. Doug, you mentioned you'd be looking to potentially at something in-game. What is it that you'd be looking for ideally? For me, a lot of times, I'm looking for a team at home catching. Right now, they're catching three in this one. If Mavs are getting seven and a half, eight and a half, or something in an in-game would be an opportunity I would consider. What is it specifically you might be looking for in this one? It's a great question because every kind of game is different when you're going in. You just For the unknowns, right? The number one unknown for me is do the Clippers have any fight? Or is this a broken team? Because they have lost 
what is it now, five straight playoff games dating back to the bubble last year, and they were favored by at least six in all of them. So what kind of team, what kind of mental toughness is, is Kawhi checked out? Paul George, like, what's his deal? So I think it's going to be a lot of, like, amateur psychologists on my end sort of assessing kind of, like, do they believe that they can come back and or are they just kind of, like, sick of Beverly in the locker room, sick of Rondo even, and, and things like that. But um, I, I think that's a major part of it for me. Now, whether I get that sort of comfort level where I will actually jump in and fire, that's another story. But I, I, I'm very um, – I'm, I'm, repre- I'm, I'm very reluctant to go into live betting kind of with a hunch and looking to like confirmation bias or validate it because that's the whole point of having a, or waiting for live wagering is you kind of want to go in open mind and clean slate and kind of just assess what you see. And I, I think that's an important thing to do, but you're right. I'm looking to, I'm looking to see if there's any fight for the Clippers, but I also want to be kind of an open, like, I'm not going in with the, with the intent on finding a number. I want to ask you real quickly about the head coaching, Tyron Lue. I think they're probably better off if they just had a mannequin on the sidelines. I mean, does he have to pay 50% of his salary to LeBron James? He hasn't done anything. They haven't made any adjustments. Do you believe they can actually make the adjustments necessarily? You alluded to it. They're getting way too many open looks. The Dallas Mavericks are on three-point shooting. And the players today are just too good. You give them looks, it's going to be like a free throw. Yeah, I don't really understand it either. Carlisle's a great coach, and give him credit. But I just don't understand what Lou is doing. Now, I don't know enough in terms of his track record. Maybe, maybe you know, it's all about fit, right? We talk about Joe Torre. Like, would he have been a great manager for the uh, Marlins when they were, like, winning 40, 50, 60 games? No. He was great at managing egos of the dominant Yankees. Same with Phil Jackson, right? Like, Phil Jackson was wonderful with X's and O's. Would he have been great this year with the Oklahoma City Thunder? Probably not. So I just maybe Lou is a great fit for, like, a LeBron-led team with veterans, guys who can handle stuff, and he's just maybe better at massaging egos, but not like a mid-game adjustment situation. I don't know. We're a little too premature in the series to kind of put it all on him. I mean, it also comes down to some guys hitting some open shots. Like I said, Morris has been terrible, and there's guys that's a make or miss. Like, for example, with the Blazers series, should the Blazers do anything differently? I mean, they missed a bunch of wide-open threes, and Austin Rivers went off. Like, were the, were the, was it coaching that didn't make them hit the open threes? I mean, there's a lot of sort of force. Now, the defensive – issues are there but they've always been there so at some point it's not on the coach and maybe it's not even adjustment needed it's a make or miss league at a lot of times yeah I, you know i think you're right in a lot of ways we'll see what the clippers chemistry is it's really the defensive chemistry pointing fingers at one another trying to blame i i think some of that is the extension of the coach uh where lou uh comments how they've missed assignments doug etc but a well-coached team doesn't miss assignments but at the same time as you mentioned it's a players league make or miss also at some point Kawhi leonard's got to be like okay i'm gonna guard luca we're gonna we're gonna hold him down and he's not gonna beat us tonight so uh fascinating game tonight and it's fighting through the picks i mean like he starts on luca and in the fourth quarter on the game, too, like, Luca was kind of laughing how easily they were switching. I mean, at least try to fight through it, but they just kind of conceded. Even when you knew the Mavs were trying to milk clock, they were switching with, like, 12 in the shot clock. Like, no, they're not going to drive. They're not going to drive till 6 or 7, so at least try to fight through at 12 if you're a step behind. Okay, Doug. Uh, one more game. Nets, Celtics, Brooklyn dominated. Uh, about the last six quarters, certainly the middle uh, last four quarters in this series. About an eight-point favorite night uh, tonight against the Celtics, Doug. Celtics have any fight in them? That's the million-dollar question. I think my favorite bet of the weekend in this similar situation is the Sixers. I think it's, it's just, you know, obviously the number's shorter, and we'll see about Seth Curry. But I do kind of lean to the Nets here, and I think a large part of it 
is they're keeping an eye on what's going on with Milwaukee, Miami. The Nets obviously have championship aspirations. And if there's ever like sort of a thing that kind of prevent them from going flat, it's seeing that the Bucks are up 3-0, and that's who's looming in the second round. So I think the Bucks winning kind of made them more focused, if you will. I think the Nets are going to come out. Like, the Nets are really good. Like, I understand the analytics and the metrics from the regular season, but we never really saw them at full strength. Game one was the first time they had that lineup with the big three and Blake Griffin at center. So it's just really hard to formulate an opinion. And these guys know, you know, you know obviously a guy like, um, Kyrie and, and Durant, who've won a title before, like they know that the regular season is what it is. So they were just kind of waiting to flip the switch, and they kind of did it at halftime of game one, and that's why they came out on fire in game two. Like they're, they're, they know what's at stake in the postseason. Nash is really imploring them to move the ball, and that's why they had so many assists in game two. I just think the Celtics are overwhelmed here. Like they don't have the horses. Jalen Brown's obviously out, and, it, and over the course of four quarters, you're getting, you're, 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 you're choosing between three pointers by like Marcus Smart and Grant Williams or Kevin Durant and, like, Joe Harris. Like, I, I just think over four quarters, the Nets are just too loaded. Doug, Memphis and Utah tomorrow night. We saw Memphis play impressively in the first two games of the play-in. Then they win game one in Salt Lake City. No Mitchell in the lineup. Now you got a more focused Utah team. They were up 20 at the break, but they allowed Memphis back in the game. The Grizzlies tend to play well at FedEx Forum. Catching five tomorrow, is this one where you would look at taking the home team, maybe a stay away, or you like Utah despite the fact they're on the road? I'm staying away, but I, I will say that the Grizzlies have certainly shown something, right? This was not going to be the number one overall seed cruising in the first round against an eight seed. I, I think the Grizzlies have demonstrated that, not only winning game one, albeit without Donovan McNabb, but they showed me something in that second half. Morant just taking on and scoring at will. And the only issue with the Grizzlies, like their ceiling is pretty high. It's just their consistency, right? Over the course of four quarters, are you going to get that kind of play from Valanciunas and Morant and the shooting? Like, I mean, Pillman hit the big shot against the Warriors. Like, normally they didn't hit that shot. So I've just always been sort of skeptical of the Grizzlies this season. And I know Valanciunas missed a lot of time, but it's just the consistency component, whereas the Jazz are much more reliable. I feel more comfortable. And then Mitchell's just going to get more acclimated as the series goes on. So I would lean to Utah here, but maybe I think I think the Grizz are going to cover one of these two games in Memphis. So maybe, maybe just go for Memphis and hope they cover game three. Because I, I don't think they're going away. I think they have a lot of fight, and uh, they're going to be a tough out here for Utah in the series. I took a shot here with uh, the Grizzlies, Doug. I, I think there's a definite different difference here. I mean, if you look at the eighth seed or the seventh, eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, I, I believe the Grizzlies are, are a good three points favorite or better than Boston or Washington, if you will. The depth of this Grizzlies team has been very good. I think that can show a little bit more at home. So they don't have to win. Uh, get inside this number of five, five and a half. So we'll see how that works out tomorrow. Uh, took a shot with them. Uh, yeah, Doug, no, I, I can't fault you at all. Sorry, Doug. We're just on our last 30 seconds here. I just wanted to ask you real quick. I know you also bet WNBA. I'm on the Mystics plus seven and a half tonight. What do you think? You know, I wanted to stay away because it was a great bounce back spot for the Mystics <laughs> in the last game. So I liked them there. But I'm, uh, I'm actually on the sky here, even without Candace Parker. I, I like the sky here. Yeah, I think the, I think the, uh, the sparks are that bad. I have the sky in the first half as well. Thanks so much to Doug ooh, Kazarian, ooh, like <laughs> sports betting analyst at ESPN, for joining us today. Stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. We're going to talk about NHL playoffs, and I believe Amal uh, is doing something exciting tonight as well involving that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to the game. All right. Well, He's I'm going not, to the VGK. <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. He's doing the VGK game tonight. Uh, who's uh, Have you bet on the game? I have. 
I'm not going to tell you right now. I'll tell you on the other okay, side. Okay, well, that's called a tease. We're going to talk NHL playoffs and more. Stick with us right here on My Guys in the Desert. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, 
a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now so you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. This is My Guys in the Desert. Daniel Vari here in the VEASAN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook with Aaron Renning and Amal Shaw to talk NHL playoffs now. Let's talk about last night. First, the Hurricanes clawed their way back last night uh, in a series ending Game 6 versus Nashville. I did have a futures ticket on Nashville, unfortunately, but I also had a futures ticket on the Hurricanes. Amal, what would you think of this game? It was a terrific game last night. Give the Hurricanes credit. They come from behind, trailing 3-2 in this one. I'm watching this game in the third period. I'm going to go back a ways here. It reminded me a little bit of Game 7 between the Canucks and Rangers in 94 where the Rangers were just defending the entire third period but found a way to keep them off the score sheet. It was something similar here with this one. It felt like the Predators were not trying to be offensive at all, Danielle. They were just trying to clear the puck out of the zone, but with six minutes left, uh, they find a way to get the goal and get this one level and then of course, the Hurricanes win this one in overtime. Sebastian Ajo with the second goal of the game. This team is dangerous, but this was a taxing and grueling series. Last four games went to overtime. It's going to be a challenge for the Hurricanes moving forward against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think John Cooper's team is going to be ready to go. Kucherov back in the lineup for the Lightning. It's going to make a huge difference. Yeah, we actually have this tweet here last night. Nick Suzuki, excuse me, scored off of an assist from 20-year-old Cole Caulfield in overtime to keep the Canadians alive. It's the first time in Stanley Cup playoff history. Two players, 21 or younger, combined on an overtime goal to stave off elimination. The Canadian, Canadian showing a little bit of life here. Do you still think the Maple Leafs are going to win this? I do. I thought Montreal got off to a fast start. They were much more aggressive than they had been in this series. They finally started pressuring Jack Campbell. You saw the impact of that. Carey Price played well, but he was just peppered with some shots, and that was the difference. There was a bad penalty taken in the third period. That impacted uh, Montreal from a defensive standpoint, and then right after the penalty expired, they end up with a, uh, it wasn't a power play goal, but they get a goal. I think Muzzin gets the goal there after a bad penalty by Gallagher. So if they can stay out of the box, five on five, Toronto does not have as much success against this Montreal defense. Coming back to Montreal for game number six would be a real challenge. And then if you can find a way to eke this one out, a plus 160 at home with Carey Price, you go back to Toronto for game seven. Anything can go. I think the Canadians still have a chance. I always believe when a team is down 3-1, even if they're the road team, if they can find a way to win game five, you're going to really be in a good position to force a game seven, and then it just takes one game. At this level, anyone can be gotten in any one single situation. How do you think that situation is going to affect the total here? Do you think we'll see a lot of goal scoring, or do you think they're going to tighten things up? This will be a tight game. The series has been tight throughout. I know this game wound up with seven games yesterday, but it was a scenario where Montreal got a couple of – you know, they got a little bit of a cheap goal. There was a puck behind the net. They couldn't clear it. Montreal gets it. And give them credit for being aggressive on the forecheck to get that goal. If they can keep this team 
uh, the Leafs in terms of at even strength. I think Montreal's got a chance to play their style of game. Carey Price is the kind of goaltender. He's a generational talent who can carry a team in the postseason. They can win this game against an inexperienced Toronto team, particularly in the net mining area with Campbell. I like the Canadians' chance at a plus 160, but with all that being said, I still think the Leafs win this series. I'm just not sure if it's in game six or seven. I like the under five and a half in this one, Daniel, at minus 120. We also only have one game going on in the NHL tonight, the Wild and the Golden Knights. That's actually the only game in town for us here in Las Vegas, 9 p.m. Eastern, NBC Sportsnet for that one. We'll break this one down a little bit more later on in the show. But so far, VGK has been kind of hard to predict here. They're having trouble closing out games. How do you think this one's going to go for them tonight? I think it's going to be very tight. I don't think we're going to see a lot of penalties called unless they're egregious. Generally speaking, in Game 7s, you see the referees tend to swallow the whistles a little bit more. The key in this game is going to be neither team affording an opportunity from a breakaway situation. You've got to make sure you don't allow some uh, breakouts. If you do that, you could be in trouble here. Both goaltenders have been outstanding. Cam Talbot with a shutout in the last game. If you want to make a bet on this game, take a look at the first period. Under one and a half goals, minus 130. Out of the six games so far that have been played, only one game has gotten to two goals in this series so far. Otherwise, they've been all staying under two goals in the first period. An opportunity there. I think it's going to be a defensive game. I actually played a bad number here. I played under five. So if everyone gets a two apiece, I'm hoping nobody else scores and they go to overtime so I can just push. The point being is in these Game 7 situations, teams become so defensive. I think it's going to be tough for – I think there's going to be an opportunity, really, you could bet potentially both teams under two and a half goals because we could see a 2-0, 2-1 type of final here. Yeah, definitely. One of the favorite things for me to bet in the NHL is actually those unders on the first period. And also, though, in BGK games, I like them to score in the first 10 minutes is a bet that usually comes home. Yeah, I'm not as big a fan in tonight's game, but that's a plus money price if you like the under. The over is, I think, minus 120, so take a look at that one as well. This is going to be, to me, going to be a very defensive game, and I hope I'm right. Now, all of a sudden, I say that we could see a 4-3 game, and I'm dead wrong. Do you think VGK takes VGK takes the series? I, I give them a slight edge being at home, getting last change, but I'll tell you the way Talbot has played, it will not be easy. All right, stick with us. We have more coming up on My Guys in the Desert, specifically MLB Talk. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's a perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That is the perfect read to lead us into our baseball segment here on My Guys in the Desert. Danielle Avari, Aaron Rinning, and Amal Shaw. Let's talk about yesterday first. Shohei Otani will be pitching tonight versus the A's. He was supposed to be pitching yesterday, but he showed up a little too late to the game. Apparently, there was a snafu with the BART, the Bay Area Rapid Transit. Very familiar with that myself, having been from the Bay Area. But the A's, Chris Bassett, decided to respond with a shutout game in response. 
Yeah, fortunately, he uh, missed the opponent against Bassett there. I think it is a, a strange, bizarre situation because, to me, pitchers are creatures of habit. You expect to start. And remember, Otani, he hits, he pitches, he does a little bit of bat boys, does a little bit of everything here uh, for the Angels. But anyway, you, so you have, you, you have this day, you think you're going to start. Um, and again, he, he's not really on a set schedule anyway. It's not like he's pitching every five or six days how it is. You don't. It's a little bit of a letdown. Now you have to kind of work yourself back into that today. Mm. So from a betting perspective, you always want to pay attention. And, you know, Matt talked about on the show yesterday how uh, the velocity uh, for Otani uh, had been down, certainly mm -hmm. was uh, in his last start. And it's been creeping down uh, since that ver uh, very first start that he made uh, for the season. So, uh, yes, I think you take a little bit what happened yesterday into today. Even without that, uh, I'd be looking towards uh, the athletics in this one. By the way, real quickly, I'll take over under five and a half on times. Danielle has ridden Bart. I'll go under on the five and a half for sure on that ridden one. Ridden Bart? Yes. I'm from the Bay Area, way over. Uh, hold on a second. You said you're from the Bay Area. It doesn't mean you've ridden it. There are people that live How in New York How do you get to City. the Coliseum? You got to take Bart. Okay, well, I haven't seen anybody show up at the Coliseum in years, so we don't even know. That's a legend. <laughs> and getting back to this matchup here, to me, between these two teams, this Angels team is, you know, look, their offense, if it's not going, they don't have much of a chance. We know their pitching isn't very strong. You mentioned it uh, with reference to last night. Noah mm -hmm. Otani and that uh, pitching rotation had an impact. I, I just don't believe in this team right now. Manea should be effective here tonight against this Angels team that continues to scuffle. Um, I like the under 7.5 in this one. Daniel, as you know, this is a nighttime under ballpark, daytime over ballpark, and you're getting a 7 and a hook here. I'd look towards the under in this matchup between these two teams right now. Yes, definitely. One of the games that I'm looking at for maybe a yes run in the first inning, especially because definitely more so at the start of the season, Shohei Otani definitely struggled in the first first inning. So maybe looking at a yes here. And also the A's batting lineup has been doing a great job as well. So maybe a yes for me. Another bet that I know, or another game rather, that Aaron is on tonight, Rockies and Pirates. That's 6.35 p.m. Eastern start. We have John Gray versus Mitch Keller. Aaron, what do you want? Uh, I mean, what a fascinating series here. I mean, two of the hottest teams in baseball, <laughs> right? Two, I mean, this is about as bad as it gets. Rockies have, what, two or three wins on the road all season long, and here they come in as a favorite uh, against the Pirates. Uh, Keller was someone that I expected much better from, uh, and he just has not delivered so far. Two and six, 741 ERA. The numbers are not good. Whip, uh, the, the analytical numbers are a little bit better, but not where, uh, quite where they should be. Uh, so I got to lean uh, towards Pittsburgh. Not exactly a bet on Pittsburgh. Uh, more so, I have to bet against this Rockies team favorite on the road. What if I told you that this game was rained out and they're going to be playing a doubleheader yeah, tomorrow? I, yes, I, I, thank I know you the to Mets, our producer Matt the on that. Game was rained out, Give right? you a yeah. quick update. Rockies, Pirates, uh, Brewers, Nationals, Braves, Mets, all postponed on the East Coast. We see heavy rain right now there. So those are all going to be doubleheaders tomorrow. Danielle, I'm glad you brought that up because the one thing you have to remember now, and Aaron, I know you know this because you bet baseball every day, these games are seven innings. It kind of mm -hmm. changes the dynamic how you might approach a total or how you might approach a starting pitcher. Because if you get a Max Scherzer, I'm pretty confident he can go seven instead of having to take first five in some of these situations of a doubleheader. Definitely something to consider when you're handicapping these. What about Yankees and Tigers? That one's still going on, I believe. 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. Garrett Cole versus Casey Mize. What do you think? 
To me, I think Garrett Cole is the play here, but I don't want to take him just straight up. I would take him on the run line. I'm not a big fan of laying these types of numbers, minus 280. Mm-hmm. Even the run line price is still pretty high at minus 155. I'm a big run line person in baseball, especially in the American League, and it's a little bit mm-hmm. more advantageous with road teams. You get that ninth at bat. Yep. You don't wind up in a scenario where if you give up a run that beats you on the run line in the ninth inning where you can't chase it. Uh, but I, I would look towards the Yankees here. Cole's been outstanding so far this year. Comes in with a whip of .8. Think about that for a second. Mize has pitched well for the Tigers also. Yankees finally did bounce back in the second game of the doubleheader against Tampa yesterday. Thought it was a pretty good spot them at minus 120. Now a huge price here. I don't want to lay 270 on the road. Um, one thing I would consider, and take a look at the wins. If you have, take out, check out dailybaseballdata.com to give you some wind direction in stadiums. It's really helpful. You would have seen today at Wrigley, 18 to 20 mile an hour winds blowing in, only one run scored there. So pay attention to that one. I would take a look at that for uh, Comerica uh, if you're going to bet this game from a to- total perspective on this one. Uh, Danielle, I believe Mai is one of the top ROI guys in Major League Baseball from wow. a starting pitcher. He, he From a, a starting pitcher perspective, he's certainly improved, and so much was a expected from him last year but uh, I think you know that he switched up how he's throwing a slider he's throwing with a little bit more velocity so 342 ERA there's a reason why he's pitched better so far this year and really a reason when you get you know kind of value goes with it 230 price uh, uh, one of the reasons why he's one of the top ROI ROI guys in baseball what about Orioles and White Sox tonight? This pitching matchup, Matt Harvey versus Dallas Keuchel. That one at 8, 10 p.m. Eastern. I had a yes run in the first inning on this team yesterday. I thought I was going to get it. We had people on base, but no, it did not happen. So maybe I'll hit that again tonight. I don't think – sorry, go ahead, Aaron. No, go ahead. I don't think it's a bad play here. With yeah. Harvey on the mound, you got a great chance. Yeah, Keuchel has been okay mm-hmm. for the White Sox, but I, I think this Orioles team right now, not the spot to take them. I'm a big fan of teams on losing streaks. For example, the Diamondbacks tonight, I like them on the run line. I love teams on losing streaks that are extended, taking a run line. You see so many times we saw Toronto end their losing streak in New York winning 6-2. I don't think the Orioles get it done today. You've got means going against Lynn tomorrow. But with Harvey on the mound, I would have to look at the White Sox run line or no play here. One last one to look at tonight, Padres and Astros, 8, 10 p.m. Eastern time, because we have Framber Valdez in his season debut. Is there anything that you consider when you have a pitcher in his season debut with handicapping? Uh, it, it's difficult for me. When he's a left-hander, you always give him the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. a, a little bit more. Uh, I like to see at least one start. Uh, even when I handicap Major League Baseball now, you read about stuff in spring training or, or maybe he's doing this, doing that. You still like to see if he's going to bring spring training into what he's doing. So uh, even uh, like I'll wait four or five days before I make a Major League Baseball bet uh, after opening day. So I got to see a start from Valdez. All right, we have more baseball games to talk about later on in the show, later games. We also have Blue Jays and Indians at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern with Ryu and Morgan facing off. Marlins and Red Sox at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern uh, with Cody Poteet and Martin Perez. So more on that later on. We're also going to be talking VGK when we get back on My Guys in the Desert. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah I, yeah because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard he's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the olympics exactly. he's gonna guard and then on I'm top of that like that see that Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's he going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian.
Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com. And remember, you can download the free OddsTrader app right now and start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. Here on My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Avari, Amal Shaw, and Aaron Rinning. Big game going on in Las Vegas where we are tonight. Uh... Wild at the Golden Knights here for NHL playoffs. The Wild are plus 155 on the money line. Golden Knights minus 180. 9 p.m. Eastern start for that game. Total sitting at five. Amal, I know you mentioned you're on the under here. That's sitting at plus 112. So a little bit of plus money. Tell people why they should join you on that bet. Well, they probably shouldn't the way I've been going. (laughs) But the reality of it is uh, I'm a big Danielle and Aaron for game sevens, baseball, hockey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like underplays, even sometimes NBA, depending on the matchups. Uh, I, I just think they're so defensive. Everyone is more concerned about making a mistake or having a defensive breakdown than necessarily trying to figure out a way to score. Obviously, you've got to score to win the game, but the point is anybody you see, especially after, let's say, 10 minutes past the second period, let's say if the game were scoreless, you, you'll see the first goal that comes. Everyone's going to go into a defensive shell. I mean, it, it's going to be one of those scenarios that becomes tough to score there. So I like the under. The five is not an ideal number because, remember, obviously if both teams get to two, best case scenario, all you're doing is pushing. Better than losing money. You're right. True. So yes. how do you feel about the goaltenders here? Because Flurry obviously hasn't looked quite as well. Especially the last against couple the of Wild. Games, I know a lot of the talk out here is maybe should have sat him one of those games. How do you feel about the goaltending? Obviously, you feel good if you got an under bet, but... I, I do, and to your point, I think on Marc-Andre Fleury, remember, this is a guy who's got three Stanley Cups to his name, has tremendous experience, has done well, and I love the way Calum Talbot has been playing of late. You know, he had a shutout in the last game against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I just feel like both of these teams are going to be so concerned about making a mistake, and I think there's going to be some pressure on Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. You finished the year uh, with an opportunity to win the pre- not They didn't give out the President's Cup trophy this year, but the most points during the regular season. You lose that at home against Colorado. Still had a tremendous regular season. Now it all comes down to 60 minutes. Can you get over a Minnesota Wild team who has been tremendous at home, not as strong on the road with an opportunity, but they've had the Vegas number this year. Remember, 5-1-2 mm-hmm. and two during the regular year. So the Wild, I think they have a great shot. To me, plus 160, Aaron, is a really good price mm-hmm. on a dog in a Game 7 spot where let's be realistic here, guys. It really is going to come down to whichever team can make the fewest mistakes. And I, I understand you could say that on every game, but in a Game 7 scenario, it's just a heightened awareness of it. You said both teams are going to be incredibly defensive on a scale of one to a mall shot. How defensive are we talking? <laughs> well, you know, my scale, it's immeasurable. So <laughs> let's, let's just go with infinite. But no, uh, to me, Danielle, the thing is, unless you fall behind quickly to nothing, right. that's when the game changes. Then, then yes. it becomes a real problem because then you start to take more risk because you know your season's on the line. But I think in the first period, you're going to see a feeling out process by both teams. Nobody wants to make an early mistake getting a penalty, allowing a uh, two-on-one, three-on-two opportunity that leads to a goal. And then you're fighting an uphill battle because we both know that these goaltenders on both sides are ones that can easily shut the other team out. You're going to feel a lot of pressure if somebody jumps on the score sheet before you. You know, it's it's interesting, Danielle. You mentioned it. How the Golden Knights have gotten off to that one goal lead. They've scored so yeah. fast, so often. But in the yeah. postseason, things change. Mm-hmm. And Amal, if they don't do that here, yeah. if they don't score early, that pressure's got to be, you know, build and build and build on this team. And we've almost seen that. You know, they had that great second period uh, in Minnesota when they won and went up 3 1 the series. It looked like the series was perhaps over. But I think that's how, you know, if it plays out where they don't get that goal early, 
then it just builds, and I think it really comes a tight game after that. I think Aaron makes an excellent point. You know, you could almost take the Wild before the game at plus 160, and if this game, let's say, is 1-1 or scoreless midway through the second, early third period, then Wild are probably going to be plus about 120, 125 in-game. You could come back with VGK at minus 140, 150 and ensure yourself a, a profit. Uh, either you break even with the Knights, and if the Wild win, you make a little bit of a profit. I know some people like to scalp out there in terms of some of the plus and mi- minus pricing, so just on Something to keep in mind when you look at these matchups, and remember, Max Pacioretty, uh, his absence has been huge in terms of the lack of goal scoring for the Knights, but it's going to come down to defensively. This was a tight game in game number five, excuse me, game number six. I mean, we see the Wild get a goal, I, I want to say about 12, 14 minutes remaining in the third period. Mm-hmm. After that, they add two more goals. But it's been a dominant performance by go- both goaltenders. You're going to have to really capitalize on some opportunities. I'm telling you, the power plays are going to be critical. Mm-hmm. I think we're not going to see more than two on either side. You've got to get one if you're going to win this game, if you wind up with a power play opportunity. Definitely. And we're talking about the first period here. The money line for the VGK, minus 175. The Wild, plus 128. Both teams to score in the first period. You get plus 230 if they both score in the first period. No, minus 335. And it sounds like you think this first period is going to be very critical to determine the rest of the play. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's going to be imperative in terms of how you look at this matchup. So, uh, Again, in-game opportunities. I will say this. If there's an early goal in this game, take mm-hmm. a look at the in-game at six, uh, probably six and a half at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Take a look towards the under. Now, if somebody jumps out 2 nothing, then I would say probably come back with the over six and a half because it'll really open the game up. I have to ask you guys what you think the score prediction is going to be for this because you can also bet on team totals here. So if you look at Vegas's total goals scored, over one and a half at minus 560. So really, really heavy favorite here. Over two and a half, just minus 177. And over three and a half, plus 150. What do you think for the Golden Knights tonight? Well, first of all, I wish these people would be a little bit more accurate in their pricing of you get minus 560, <laughs> but plus 360 the other way. To me, I would take a look at the Knights under one and a half goals at plus 360 wow. and even while that, I mean, look, I'm not saying it's going to play out that way, but I would mm-hmm. definitely take under two and a half goals. I mean, there's a strong possibility you wind up in overtime at 1-1-2-2, and if, if Minnesota wins, you, you win on the under 2.5 on one of those sides. Mm-hmm. I just don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be very defensive. I go back, I can remember years ago, uh, I think it was Boston and Montreal playing a game 7-2-0, in the second game, second goal came on an empty netter. I mean, these are the types of games where you're going to see very few odd-man rushes. Yeah, it feels like a 2-1, 3-1 yeah. uh, type of game, so... Perhaps, yeah, one of those teams does go under one. But, yeah, I know nothing really about hockey, but it just feels like that. I've, I've known long enough. I've been around Game 7s. Uh, you know, you put it well, um, all how they play out. Most of hockey, I feel like, is gut betting for me. I mean, you never know when that puck is going to bounce around. Uh, VGK, though, historically struggles to close out, as we mentioned earlier. During their run to the Stanley Cup final in 2017-18, the Golden Knights were a perfect 3-0 in potential closeout games. In the three seasons since, they've only won twice in 10 chances to eliminate their opponent. Are they going to be able to finally figure that out in this series? You know, it's kind of like you said about hockey. You don't know which way the puck's going to bounce, and I, <laughs> I'm not 100% certain. I will say this. The price at minus 180 is a little bit too high, in my opinion. I don't think it should be this high. I, I think it should be probably closer to 140 or 150. Uh, it, it's just been a situation where Vegas, because of how lopsided the betting tends to be in this market, you see the price completely skewed in their favor. They're a great team, but you can't negate the fact that the Minnesota Wild all season long during the 2021 season or 21 season have had their number. Daniel, these two teams, this is going to be the 15th matchup of the year. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, including the overtime wins this year so far, has won 10 games. 
Uh, so you can't discount that, or excuse me, 11 games. So I think it's something you have to take into consideration. I, I think you take a look at the plus price with Minnesota. I mean, I still believe Vegas ekes it out, but I, I think what Aaron alluded to, I, I think this is going to be a 2 nothing type of game. I think VGK gets an empty netter. Yeah, and to your point, whenever I did see this matchup throughout the season, I would usually get a little bit of plus money on the wild. And so whenever that was the case, I would take it, and it was very profitable. I know I probably shouldn't say that since I am living in Las Vegas now, so don't hey, hunt me down, Knights fans. Listen, listen. It's like I tell people when they say to me, I don't bet on my team. I always say, I'm sorry, I missed you at the last owner's meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also talk about Saturday's NHL playoffs. I know we touched on these games a little bit earlier, but since this is the last time, we'll get to talk about hockey. Maple Leafs and Canadians, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Who do you like in this one? You know, I'm going with Toronto here, uh, even though I mentioned the way I think Montreal needs to play earlier. I think if Toronto can just go out and play their game and then capitalize on power play opportunities, they're so far superior from a skill position. The speed advantage that they have against Montreal is clearly evident in this matchup. Jack Campbell needs to bounce back, though, in a strong way. I don't think he played particularly well yesterday. I think if he can do that, they've got a great chance. As good as Carey Price is, I think uh, Toronto could really put them in some difficult spots. I don't want to lay 180 with Toronto, though. Let me be clear when I say that. I'm talking about the Maple Leafs, but Mm -hmm. I wouldn't bet them at 180. It's similar to me, what we see in the VGK and Minnesota game. I think the Canadians, again, at plus 160 are not a bad play. I'm just not going to take it. Danielle, I'm going to come back with the under here at five and a half. I like this one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, yeah, low-scoring competitive game. And I think if you're Montreal, you gave up a couple of goals. Again, that Muslim goal came immediately following the Gallagher penalty. If they can avoid that, I think they've got a great chance. I think uh, Montreal only gave up one power play opportunity to Toronto, and that's why you saw them so effective defensively in the game. Yes, game six here. Maple Leafs lead the series three to two. But if you believe the Canadians can take this to seven and win it, it is five to one on the series. Hold on, hold on a second. I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because okay. the math itself would lend, would just say take the Canadians at five to one, bet the Leafs at minus one eighty, come back with them at even minus two dollars in game, uh, or you'd have to bet four. You'd have to bet four hundred to break even. But still, if you take the Canadians even to five to one, so they have to win game six, just come back with the Leafs in game seven, and you'll lock in a profit. All right. Well, we'll have Amal Shaw write that down for us so we can send it out in our best bets email. We also have another game going on this weekend. Islanders and Bruins. Bruins minus 230 for the series. Islanders plus 180. What do you think of this one? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, on the off chance that we get games that are over five in this game, now it's down to five because I saw earlier today was five and a half. Yeah. Anytime this series is five and a half, it is an auto bet on the under. Yes. The, the way the Bruins have played all year since the excuse me since the trade deadline defensively, they've been unbelievable. The Islanders Without Anders Lee in the lineup, I think offensively they're going to be a little bit more challenged against this Boston team. We saw the Bees take care of the Washington Capitals, who, in my opinion, have a better offense mm-hmm. than the New York Islanders. But with all that being said, Simeon Varlamov is good enough to slow down this uh, this Boston team. I think it's going to be a real challenge. Excuse me, Ilya Sorkinen, uh, who's going to be the, getting the start on Saturday. But... Uh, uh, Sorokin in, in net. I, to me, I like the Islanders at a plus price because I think it's going to be a very tight defensive game. Mm-hmm. I like them on the series price at plus $2. Boston's the better team on paper, mm-hmm. but $2 is a huge number. And if the Islanders win game one, you can take the Bs at minus 120 and boom, you're in great shape. Boston's defense has been one of the teams that I've loved betting unders on so far in the season. But Very smart. in playoff hockey, we've seen so many goals scored, even just in the first periods. Why are we seeing that happen so much more? You know, I think it just really depends on when the first goal comes. Sometimes it leads to opening up the situation. But if you look at that series, remember the last three games against the Capitals were all five goals or less. So just pay attention as we go forward. Uh, I think you'll see it to the point you made. It's going to be very defensive moving forward. 
All right. Great first hour here on My Guys in the Desert. Hour two, we're going to talk about NBA props and totals with Aaron Rinning in just a few short minutes. And we'll have Chris Andrews in the studio to break down college football games. Yes, we already have lines for that. Don't go anywhere. We're here on My Guys in the Desert. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.